The Pinball Network is online. Launching Pinball Party. Buckle up, dickbags. We're going to start talking about Foo Fighters Pinball uh, basically immediately. Why? Uh, my premium came about 27 hours ago. And I came too. That's right. And it's by choice. No one is forcing me to play it. Except for myself. My brain keeps saying, that was fun, play it again. And then, that was fun, but play it again. Okay. I'll just keep playing it. Over and over and over. Jesus, this game is good. Uh, welcome to episode 28 of the Pinball Party Podcast. My name is Jason. I'm nobody, but this nobody has some advice. Some immediate advice. Call it professional, call it friendly, call it unsolicited advice. Here's my advice. Text Zach at Flippin' Out Pinball, or go to their website, or go to Facebook, and order Foo Fighters, Stern's Foo Fighters. Get a premium if you can, or a pro, or a fucking LE. I don't know, maybe he's got one in his ass, or vault, or ass vault, whatever he's got it. Go buy one from Flippin' Out Pinball, come on. Ah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When I buy my pinball shit, I buy from Flippin' Out. From Topper's Art Blade Premiums, I've got it figured out. Flippin' Out. Yeah. Figured out. Oh, yeah. When I think of pinball, I think Flippin' Out. Oh, yeah. Flippin' Out. Yeah. Figured out. Oh, yeah. When I buy, 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 I buy from Flippin' Out. Well, assuming you just bought one in the last 30 to 45 seconds, you're welcome. I did you a favor. This game, it, um, all right, so I'm in the super honeymoon period. It's been 27 hours, like I mentioned. It came yesterday. Again, it came. I came. Uh, got it from Flipping Out Pinball. Thanks again. It arrived perfectly. No issues. All that. It, <laughs> it is such a fun game. I'm trying to organize my thoughts to kind of say why it is. Let me tell you the one negative thing to get it out of the way. Um, my dead post wasn't super consistent. The first time it hit um, perfectly, I was giddy. I audibly smiled and, and made a little giggle. Um, but then it was, it was uh, if it was too fast, it was jumping up and hitting the bottom of my left flipper. If it was too slow, it kind of dribbled and didn't make it. Well, I was chatting with Ray Day a little bit. And he gave Jack Danger a heads up that um, someone he knew was having issues. So I emailed him and he responded immediately with a fix. He's like, oh yeah, just push the apron head a little bit. My ball was hitting the dead post a little low. So if anyone is having issues with the dead post not being consistent, the apron that kind of guides the ball to it, you can loosen the nut underneath the play field and forcefully push it ahead a little bit and then retighten it and it, it lines up the ball a little better with the dead post. It fixed mine immediately, so the negative I had to talk about is gone. It turned into a positive. Jack Danger was super responsive. He even apologized. Like, don't, don't fucking apologize. This game's the shit. Just a small issue, and it's fixed now. So there you go. Small problem aside, I love so many things about this game. Full transparency, 
Maybe you're wondering, am I blinded by the love for the band or the music? No. I would be, and I would disclose that if this was a Tool pinball machine or a Green Day or a Pink Floyd or Porcupine Tree. If anyone listens to Porcupine Tree. Those would be like, hey, this game could be dog shit and I'd love it. No, uh, Foo Fighters is probably in my top 10 bands of all time, so it's, it's up there. And don't get me wrong, like the 90s grunge, um, catchy rock, all that kind of stuff is my bag, baby. Doesn't hurt. <laughs> this is probably my favorite band theme tied with Rush, as far as like the actual music. Uh, so no, uh, what I'm about to say is strictly gameplay and aesthetics and shots and layout and code, <laughs> all of it. Um, the theme just helps. The theme is a non-issue. If anything, it's just a positive. What do I like about the game? First and foremost, if you're looking at it, the art's great. Zombie Yeti is colorful. You know, cool. There you go. It's great. Uh, subjective, I know, but it's not like um, Bond, you know, where maybe you can kind of see some corners cut, etc. Um, or Walking Dead, which I don't know. I actually kind of like Walking Dead, so maybe not that. Visually, great. The animation's great, but all that aside, nothing compares to how this game plays and the the rules slash code. Oh my god! Uh, all right, first the shots. Um, let's just go from left to right. The left, like snake around. I don't even know what. What do you call that shot? The crossover shot that's to the very, very left of the left ramp. It's it's like an orbit spot on the on the tip of the flipper. But when you hit it, I mean, it is every time it's making that full, um, what is that, an, almost an S shot all the way up to your upper right flipper. Every time. And the only time it's not is if it's like a weak shot, but the shot still counts. But every time you give it just normal amounts of power, it makes it all the way. So it's a good setup shot for the upright flipper. I can't believe how consistent that shot is. I, I just didn't expect that to happen. That shot's great. The left ramp is like a combination of a scoop and a perfect ramp in the right spot. It has that backhand, backhand scoop feeling to start the van modes. It's just great. It's, it's a great shot. You can you can bank on it every time. It's, it's probably the easiest shot in the game, I would think. Well, that or the, the center spinner. All right, going to the right, then you have the three drop targets and the large target behind it to level up your van. That's probably my favorite part of the game is leveling up the van. If, if you're a fan of The Walking Dead, it takes that kind of, you know, roaming if it's, uh, what is it, food, supplies, health, is that what it is? Like once you hit it, it stops on there and then you hit the rest of them. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of how it generally works on this. That's how it drops those down and then you can start hitting the target behind it to level up. There is a, whatever they're called, speakers, shields and bombs or something like that. Um when you level up the bombs, you get shots taken off of your mode, aka makes the mode easier. Shields, um, when you level that up, I, I don't even remember which one is what, but good, good thing, I like it so much that I printed out a full color glossy uh, manual for myself and just kind of left it on the counter for when uh, the bandmates were coming over and they were super excited to play it. So uh, I wanted them to see the rules as easy as they could and Dana and, and, and kudos to Stern for the PDF out there, the full color rules um all right page three uh the engine is time so when you level that up uh you get you get time the speakers is for the score and the bomb is the you know sh less shots progress so that uh the three bank the, the three drop targets and that is kind of i mean it's optional i don't even know if it's kind of i think it's totally optional 
if you want your modes to get you a lot more points or last or not last longer, have more time or make it easier, focus on that before you start a mode. Drop the targets, hit that thing, yellow, green, blue, more blue, purple, red. It's it's pretty addicting uh, when you realize, like, I want to go into this mode, load it up. You know, I, I more often than not want bombs just because I want to hit less shots and make progress and get into try to get to the wizard modes. But when you, you know, when you get like two of them red, you're like, oh, no, 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 I'm getting the third red. I'm not. <laughs> I'm a baller. I'm a G. I'm going to get in this and do it. So it's really addicting. It's a risk reward. And what's nice is when you drain, let's say um, you get your bombs to red, meaning you leveled them up all the way and you get your engine to blue. I don't know. And, and you drain. Fuck. Well, it saves that progress. So next time you can start. You can start hitting it and keep building towards it, which thank you so much for doing that. If that would have reset, I don't know. I don't think it would be as addicting because, I mean, it's still risk reward, but it's also like, you know, it banks it. So awesome. No pun intended. Bank. Moving on to the right. um, I guess I'll just kind of say visually because there's a couple of shots before this. Um, The center spinner. Man, that's in the sweet spot of either flipper. Similar to the Jurassic Park spinner, for those that know that. It's very intuitive to hit, and when you hit it, I believe it's an opto spinner. Um, ninety-nine percent sure. That fucker just brrrr, oh, spins for days, spins for days. Really satisfying to hit. It's your um, setup to the upper right flipper if you're not using the crossover shot. So yeah, that spinner just what a great spinner. And then to the right is the Overlord stuff. The the hit the targets on the either side of him and then lock the ball and then bash that. I haven't played a pro. So if any, I, I know, you know, the differences of the upper play field and play field and the dead post and the sculpts, but if there's anything to do with the magnet or, or how it locks in there, forgive me, but at least on the premium, the sculpt is awesome. It's no joke. It's not like some games. Let's take Deadpool, for example. Great game. Pro is great. Premium is great. The sculpts are great, you know, but they're not, I mean, they're, I shouldn't say they're great. They're wonderful. They're very nice. They're they're great, you know, molds. On this one, it's huge. It's this big fucking overlord. It looks like a million bucks. I I don't know that. And when it moves and kind of jiggles and boom, 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 and with the magnet going, it's it's awesome. Um, it's it's up there in some of my favorites of the of the premium features and generally like 3D sculpts. They're like, yeah, that's that's pretty nice. It's a nice to have. This one is, I guess I'd just say, a super nice to have. To the right of the Overlord, there's a, a shot that you can't really aim for with the crossover shot. And then to the right of that is the right ramp that leads you up to the upper play field. Area 51, that's kind of your other main shot for multiball. And maybe it's because I play a lot of Jurassic Park and that ramp is in a similar spot. I don't really have an issue with hitting it. I know some others have said that. Um, it, it, you know, it's not as easy as the left ramp, but to me, it's... It's just enough challenging. You know, you don't want every shot to be as easy as a left ramp or the center spinner. I find the shot really satisfying. That is the right orbit. We'll get to the upper play field in a second. The right orbit is, for me, the hardest shot. Again, it's kind of similar to um, the O target uh, or, the, or the O shot. Is it O? Yeah, on Jurassic Park. It's tight. It's, I think it's not as tight. That's what she said as the Jurassic Park, but it's somewhat, at least for me, again, 20, 27 hours of, I've played, I'd say 50 games um, over and over and over, if I didn't make that clear. 
And then to the right of that is a bunch of shots you're not really aiming for. There's the up kicker, whatever. There's the rock. Uh, what are they called? Let me look at my handy manual of the things to the right of that up kicker shot. It has something to do the rock a meter, rock a rock a fuck a meter. Um, here we go. Just just going through my um, manual here. The rock a meter. Shoot the right orbit when the battery insert is lit to enable three levels of rockometer located just past the plunger lane. Roll over the... I'm still getting used to some of those rules, but there's a whole, I'll say kind of convoluted area where you're not really aiming for it, except for the bot target, right? Is that what that is? It's where you get the extra ball. It's the mystery award. It's not a scoop, which normally it is. It's to the right. Um, it's over in that area that you can aim to, and it's just a, a, a stand-up target, and that's where your extra ball is and your mystery and all that. Let's go back up to the right ramp. That upper play field, is it my favorite upper play field in all of pinball? Um, it's, let's see, let's work through this. Uh, Shadow, well, <laughs> Shadow's kind of badass. That's got its whole thing going on. Twilight Zone is is very, you know, I mean, that's novel. I don't know. Here's what I like about, I should say, the upper left play field uh, a lot. If you hit the right ramp and do nothing, it's just like the pro. It's just as fast, goes right through it. Nothing. Cool. Whatever. Uh, so sometimes in multi-ball, you got six balls flying at your face. That's what she said. And you don't, you know, notice it. Uh, you know, it just keeps coming back. But if you do, you can... It's really fast and satisfying. You can get it looping up there quite a bit with a little flippy flappy. And it. so it's like if you don't use it, it's great. It's still fast. But if you do use it and you can spend some time and you can get the feel of the shots, you can keep it up there. Not not Scooby-Doo style at all. Like you got to be on, on your on your ball. Pun intended. Fuck. Fuck the puns. Jesus. Um, but yeah, the upper play field is fast. It's really intuitive. There's there's two lock targets. There's a center little loopy, and there's an outside loop to start Area 51 multi-ball. It's just great. I don't... I can't imagine, no offense to the pro, having to just hit that ramp over and over to start multi-ball. It just wouldn't feel as satisfying to me. I think that upper play field is, is fantastic and more than anything worth the premium. I, I love it. Um, and, and when uh, Zach was playing it, Zach um, in Neon Dale their audio engineer bass player guy uh he's like hey what is that thing up there that's awesome the area 51 he doesn't know what to call it <laughs> like that's an upper play field he's like oh that's really cool i want to get up there again and he's what, what, he doesn't have any skin in the game he's just like yeah man um i like so there's kind of, okay so then there's the inside loopy shots um the the middle ramp i guess is the one that in i guess you call it and then the inner orbit let's say um dirt they're intuitive. I, I don't know. Like, you know how in Iron Maiden, that uh, inner loop shot, I guess that's what we'll call them, those warp ramp type shots. The Iron Maiden warp ramp shots are pretty intuitive, like the spot on the flipper. This one is too. As much so, like, you can <laughs> you can hit that loop over and over and over. Like, it goes fast. And, and a lot of times, you can hit it once and hold the flipper, and it'll go right around again, kind of like the... Um, the Wizard of Oz loop around the house if, if it's got enough speed. So that's really satisfying. Or if you need to set up a shot and get it into the um, side ramp that feeds back to your right flipper, even though it's just a subtle difference, it 
it's pretty consistent when you get it and then goes all the way back to the right flipper. <laughs> yeah, okay, so all, all the shots are great. And I mentioned a little bit of the, what's going on, I guess, code rules. Uh, I mentioned leveling up the van. <laughs> it's the best. Um, oh, I, I, I missed the UFO shot, which is a captive ball, kind of. It's like a captive ball slash in Ghostbusters where you hit a ball behind it, Newton ball-ish, that's free to flop around in there. Essentially, when you when you hit it, you, you build up your UFO meter. Um, your UFO builds up spot-a-shots. Uh, you can use them in pre-van modes to spot the white shots uh, or in van modes to hit the most, I think it's the most valuable shot, um, kind of like the boom button or in jackpots and all that. I, I know you can't start a mode with it and I don't think you can get a super jackpot as well, but the UFO shot builds up your spot of shots and it'll go from yellow, uh, green, yellow, um, to red. Red means you have three. And so if you, if you bash the UFO a bunch before you start a mode, this is what I'm just saying. This is my favorite way to play it so far. Here's my little strategy. It's probably not the best points, but it's the most satisfying. I bash that UFO captive ball shot, which you can be sloppy and hit that thing. Bash it a bunch to get all my spot of shots. In the meantime, I'm leveling up my van, preferably the bombs. So then when I start a mode, like half the shots are already done. And then I got half the shots just banked up on my spot of shots. So I'll just like hit one or two shots if I even need to, depending on the mode. And then I'll, I'll hit the button, hit the action button, then bash the overload right in the sack. And the mode's over. And I feel great. <laughs> it's fucking great. In fact, I texted uh, Ray Day. Um, I know I say this name a couple times. If anyone doesn't know who Ray Day is, Raymond Davidson, um, one of the coders on the game. So I was telling him my kudos. Like, hey, I really like this design. That's my favorite way to start playing. Yeah, I want to get a playfield multiplier going too, but let's just save that. You know, you can see how you would stack everything. Get multiball close to ready, start a mode, get your UFO shots, build up your van, then, you know, start a multiball and just party. Party on Wayne, party on Garth. Shots are great. I love leveling up the van. I love hitting the UFO. The um, qualifying a van, which is your modes, is intuitive to those who have played recent Sterns, especially Elwin's games, uh, where there's like three white shots to, to start it. Then there is the combo stuff. They're like little DNA kind of, um, not DNA, right? little molecule symbols. The, the combo system is really neat and very forgiving in a great way. I don't like combos in games where like you can't hit anything in between it. Any slingshot cancels it. Any You wait more than one second. This game is a pretty forgiving time um, to keep getting combos and build it up all the way to red. Again, the color scheme is red is the ultimate of, of whatever it is. It feels so good. So you get sometimes mesmerized, but like, I'm just, okay, I'm in combo mode. I'm just hitting flow shit. Here I go. And just like, I know I could be doing modes. It might not be the most point value, but like, that's where the fun comes in. You're just having fun hitting the ball around this fucking thing all over the place. S shots, loop shots, crossover shots. And then if it, you know, now my dead post is fixed. So you're hitting all these shots and then it drains. Nope. Fuck you ball. Come back on the play field. Let's keep going. It's man. It's great. So that's the way I like to play. Those are the shots. It's a, a mode-based game. It's very intuitive. You know, it's got the modes. It's got the multi-ball. It's got a couple mini wizard modes, which which I've gotten to. 
and they're fun as hell. It's got the, um, <laughs> I don't even know if I want to say it for the people who haven't played it. Uh, yeah, because when it when it hit um, Bot Frenzy, is that what it's called? Uh, the song. <laughs> You'll know when you hear it. Um, it's great. That was a nice surprise. There's like hidden gems, the humor, the animation. Again, I mentioned this earlier, just kind of coming full circle. When the band, rest of them saw it, who don't have, you know, they're um, on the side, they see me doing pinball, so they're not super interested, but they see the games come and go. But this one, they're the most excited for. Just watching, like, all oh, these animations are incredible. And they're Foo Fighters fans, so to them, this was something they wanted to pay attention to. They really liked it. Um, of course, the music they liked and all that, but I don't know. I Again, there's my day one impressions um you know honeymoon phase sure am i a foo fighters fan yes but this is i am (laughs) the best first impression i've had on a pinball machine could be yet um i guess my first impression was at mgc but i played like kind of half of one game and it was i didn't really get to play i didn't know what was happening i didn't hear the music anything it's on on location is not you know, indicative of, of, of opinions on a lot like Jurassic Park in the past. I played that on in location and I hated it. And in fact, it's my favorite game, but this is the f- like, geez, man, I, the closest game that had the best first impression on me was Stern Star Trek, but this is either the best first impression I've had or tied with it. Iron Maiden was another really close, like, wow, this game is, is something special. But yeah, I could go on and on, but this is a home run. I like yeah, I like it better than Godzilla. Easy. I like Godzilla, but this <laughs> this game is just great. Uh I don't want to overhype it. It's just you know, I'm I'm positive on a game when I'm positive. I'm lukewarm when I'm lukewarm. I'm negative when I'm negative, and this one I'm I'm just I don't see how with the code going even more in depth or adding more can make it any worse it can only make it better it's at 0.93 as of this recording and it feels way more complete than bond i mean (laughs) what are we talking about here i'll just leave it at that and update as i go this is actually just like two days after the last podcast so i'm going to stop here and resume uh you know in a week or in a few days when i do the rest of the podcast and give my updated impressions then but for now this is a this is a way to go Way to go, Jack Danger and Ray Day and Tanyo and team and Mike Vinicor. Let's get those expression lights because I want to fucking see that shit. Uh, God, yeah, what the fuck? It's already this good. And all we have left are additions to make it better. Fuck me. (laughs) We're going to have expression lighting. We're going to have more code. Holy shit. And just as, you know, bugs get figured out or fixes, it'll just get better. I don't know. I'll shut up. It's great. Go buy one. Go buy two. Yeah, get two of them. Fuck it. Sell one on the side. Play them at the same time. Whatever. Foo Fighters. It's great. Well, I talked about it. Carries on. Reasons only new. When I talk about it. Aries Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to make some custom code. No offense out there and, and put big me in it. But, hey, you know, that's me. That's big me. Now we're done with Foo Fighters. No, we're not. (laughs) Well, it is now officially three days after I just recorded that. Well, we are. Don't worry. We're going to do this in about 30 seconds. 
We're about three days away from what I just recorded, saying I'm done with Foo Fighters talking about it today. Let's see how it held up the last three days. Still an A fucking plus. A plus! The game's the shit. I still like playing it. I haven't even thought about listing it, which for me is, is pretty great. People, of course, many people have already said, oh, when are you going to sell it in <laughs> 36 hours? <laughs> I know you, you're going to sell it in How about you? Is it already left? Like, all that shit. Yeah, I mean, fucking no. Still got it. I really would like to hold it until at least expression lighting comes because I just keep enjoying it. It's very intuitive. It's very fun to shoot. Still. So there you go. Honeymoon phase. Still. Yep. Still great. But I guess speaking of those that can't just, they can't help themselves but say online, oh, what's your problem? You always get rid of games after you say you love it in like a week. Yeah, that's true. I don't know why there's always a negative connotation about that. You know, I guess from the bolters or for lack of a better phrase, the people that just can't seem to wrap their minds around some of us that just you know, get rid of games quickly. That's just to them like, oh, that's so weird. It's like they've seen an alien. I can't, I can't even take it. It's so weird. Is it? Is it really weird? So let's take away the fact that the games are expensive and they're heavy because that's true. But let's just take that aside. It's a game, right? It's a game. It's a game. You have probably in your house Monopoly, right? You probably maybe have Sorry, a cribbage board, a chess board. Some of us, not me actually, but some chess players play the shit out of chess. I get it. Deep as hell. Play it every day. Play it all the time. That's fucking awesome. So you keep that game forever. How about Monopoly? You, you play in that game all fucking five years straight every other day, just playing that game all the time. You fucking love Monopoly. Game's not really that deep, right? It's just a game that you play once in a while. Some pinball games are like that. I love Mario 3. I love Super Mario World. I like Ninja Gaiden. I like plenty of video games like a lot of us. Do I play the games for two years straight and it's always just sitting? Well, okay, if, if the game... Let's make it equal. If the game was the size of a pinball machine, Mario 3, would I have it sitting in a room taking up space, a large chunk for... I guess to these people that's normal, I guess a couple years. Maybe that's the question. I guess maybe you need to figure out, figure it out, what the acceptable amount of time is for someone to keep a game before they sell it, before the masses will give them shit. Because <laughs> I don't know what it is. It seems to be like uh, there's some, I, 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 I've never seen this in any other hobby, be it music, uh, video games woodworking i guess just things that i fishing uh skiing snowboarding skateboarding i guess i'm just saying things that i've been into in my life for either like an obsessive amount of time or whatever this has never been a thing like well you just got that last week how come you got rid of it oh my god what's fucking wrong with you it's so weird um so yeah maybe if if all those out there who don't or can't see eye to eye with those that get rid of games quickly to the to the point where you find them online and like give them shit in public forums. Um, I know it's some of it's in jest and I mean it in jest. Eh, do I? <laughs> but really, I don't know. I, I know plenty. Blake, who was on here last week, keep a game for long? Maybe, maybe not. Who cares? Why are you tying your identity to a heavy pinball machine? Is it because you have so much money invested? 
that you feel like I have to keep it because I put so much money into it. Let go of that belief, that antiquated feeling. You, you don't have to. You could spend 20 grand on something tomorrow. And if you can resell it for 20 grand the day after, what if you change your mind? Okay, sell it. Why not? What's the problem? I, I don't get it. You have one life to live. At some point, you're going to be on your deathbed. And I know I've probably brought this up in the past, but like, <laughs> I'm not going to be looking back at, well, I'm sure glad I kept that game for an extra three months, even though I never fucking played it. Because, you know, I really, I had it. You know, I had that thing at one point. I owned a thing. I don't think us as mammals, our, uh, our evolution is like, we got to own a thing. I know there's some leftovers from the Great Depression and nothing, <laughs> not to take that lightly, you know, of like stuff matters. Sure. But any of those out there that are raising children, I would say from, I don't know, five years old to my daughter who is... Uh, almost 20, that generation does have something figured out. Figured out. Which is you don't have to own stuff to be happy. Uh, you, you don't. It doesn't. <laughs> to be fair, it's because they have a phone that can do everything that they need. It's their social. It's their entertainment. It's to keep their mind stimulated. If they want to learn. If they want to listen to music. If they want to mindlessly watch whatever. So... <laughs> take the phone away, you know, or that life being brought up in that, and maybe they'll feel a little differently. But my point is, I don't like making points, but whatever. I don't know. It doesn't matter that I guess now even I do a podcast or that I just, you know, wear it on my sleeve or say it loud and proud, right? Like, I buy and sell games quick. Who gives a shit? I don't. I fucking love it. I don't like being tied to stuff. But apparently some people out there just, (laughs) I can't take it. I got to call this guy out (laughs) all the time. I don't know, man. Hey, uh, I'm glad you're having fun with pinball, but it seems like maybe you're taking it a little too serious. Or if you think I'm like, saying I love a game just to up the price and sell it, like, <laughs> take a look at the prices. I'm not making shit. I'm usually losing, you know. I just love it. I consider, hey, maybe this game cost me $100 to, you know, rent for two weeks. Eh, totally worth it to me. I don't give a shit. It's a good time. You know what's not a good time, though? Holy shit. For those who have been paying attention, listening to me saying like, oh, there's this one thing I got screwed on recently, or oh man, there's ugh, people aren't always honest. I'll talk about it later. I'll talk about it later. Well, guess what? It's time to talk about it. Yeah, about how I got fucked directly and deeply into the anal cavity. To do that, uh, I will be accompanied by my friend, Summer Freeze, Mountain Dew Zero. Uh, I'm trying to taste like those uh, red, white, and blue uh, popsicles, I believe, yes, of uh, the, well, I think they still make them. I got to get my caffeine before 1 p.m. so I can sleep. And whatever, fuck it. What, what am I talking about? Tron. I got fucked on a Tron. Here's what happened. I'm not going to call their name out on Pinside or in real life because it just, I, I, even though... I probably should or whatever or steer clear or whatever. If you reach out to me privately, maybe I'll tell you. Or like, hey, is this the one? Just, yeah, maybe. I'll say, but I'm not going to. I, I'm, I'm going to draw the line there. But here's what happened. I was looking for a Tron for a while. Those who have listened to the podcast have heard me talk about, yeah, hey, I'm excited for one. And maybe I was going to get Ray Days. And then that didn't work out for nothing against that. It's just I, I found a different one. Great. What did I find? Well, I found a Tron that was listed that had uh, everything included that you would want in a Tron. For those who don't know, you'd probably want the LE lit ramps, the, uh, you know, the, the 
optical lights on the ramps that light up. It's a very sought-after mod. You can't get it anymore. It had that. It had the Hallmark-lighted bikes. It had lit flipper buttons. It had it had all the stuff you would want, you know, and it was listed at a price as such. It was listed at 10000 US dollars, which is slightly high, but really not, like, it's kind of in the pocket for what it would cost for a Tron. Listed as great condition. Let me, let me read the ad, right? Oh, of course. It's been slightly edited. <laughs> now that I pull it up, as it would. Uh, it was firm, by the way, price 10000 Uh Tron Pro, lots of mods, mirror blades, uh, listed and vaguely at great condition. We'll ship it by his expense. No trades, all that. Great condition, fantastic, all this, 10000 you know, all that. Cool. W- wonderful. I first send a message saying, hey, you know, I'm interested in all that. And to be fair, he's like, okay, let's, let's get in a conversation. Let's talk and all that. Uh, you know, I asked all these questions. I said, my main thing is play field wear. As long as it doesn't have play field wear, I'm cool. Um, how's this? How's that? Answered, sent pictures, sent me a video. I was like, hey, I can FaceTime if you'd like. I'm like, nah, I mean, the video's fine and, and all this. And you're saying it's in great condition. And talked to him on the phone. He's clearly like, I'll say one of us or one of me. He's been doing this for a while, knows what he's talking about and all that. And it's like, oh, great, great. He's got a couple of feedback and I had to get it shipped. I was like, okay, cool. So immediately confirmed and, you know, got videos like looks good as long as, you know, there's no ghosting in this. No, no, nothing. Cool. All right. Um, send him the money. You know, he, he wrapped it so good to ship it. You know, all that. Uh, totally great. 10 out of 10. Didn't have to wrap it as much as he did. He bulletproof wrapped it, did all that. I was like, man, this is great. Turned out great. I know. I knew if I sold it locally, I'd probably lose the shipping. Maybe, you know, maybe I'd lose like four to 500 bucks, maybe, or maybe not because it was, was kind of close. I was always cool with that. So I wait. It took a long time. Nothing against him, but I was excited. You know, I get it and all that. I open it up and it's all great. And it's dirty. And he said before, like, oh, I haven't cleaned it. And I was like, nah, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll clean it. You know, just the black powder and all that. I kind of like it. You know, it's satisfying sometimes to clean a new game and, and get all that done. So I was totally cool with that. And so I open it and I'm cleaning it. And I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. And there's a couple people lined up, honestly, who had dibs when I was done with it. Because that's what I do a lot of times of like line something up to make sure I, I can easily sell a game or move it on because I don't like to. I'm like, okay. Cool. And I'm wiping it and I wipe it and I feel a little like little, little notch. I'm like, what? What? Oh, I look. Oh, 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 just a little nick in the play field. Um, up by the, I don't even know what it's called. You know, up the center shot, the disc shot, whatever you guys know what it is. It's like, oh my God, right in the middle of kind of play field. It's about the size of, I don't know, like a half a grain of rice. Small. But I'm like, uh, what? I'm like, it's a little thing in the play field. Ah, shit. My heart just sinks. Because like, I'm willing to pay top dollar. I knew it wasn't home use only technically. But I was willing to pay top dollar on something that had it. It was great condition and all that. Send a video, show up. What do you need? All like, cool. Um, great condition and that value assumes and like play field where that there wasn't any, like we said and in my head, I'm like, okay, this is like minor enough to where like, maybe I can overlook. I'm like, all right. Oh my God. My heart sinks. Like, all right, I keep wiping it. And then I find an insert, uh, right by the upper left flipper that had wear down to the wood where you could see the wood right through it. Oh, that's nice. Oh, cool. I'm going to kill myself. What the fuck? Um, so my heart sinks even further. I'm like, son of a bitch. Um, I just paid top dollar for a top dollar 
quality Tron, and this is player's condition with insert and playfield wear. Oh, God. So I'm, of course, upset and angry, and I'm like, well, all right. What do I do here? I figure, why not just communicate with the person? So I say, and here's the text, I'll just read it. Well, it got here in one piece safely, but I can't say I'm too thrilled with insert and playfield wear that I was unaware of. Through the clear coat and through the paint, for $10,000, I assumed, quote, great condition, quote, meant the playfield did not have chipping or wear. And I sent two pictures of the playfield wear circled. And I said, I'm going to keep looking. Hopefully that's it. But we're going to have to figure something out. <laughs> figure something out here. Figure it out. And he says, I can see those little two spots in my photos on Pinside, which I went back. I'm like, all right, if you zoom in like a thousand times, you can kind of see a blurry almost. You can't. And there you go. So I said, Playfield chipping is always disclosed in my experience and affects the price significantly. And, you know, Kanye said, I, so he says back, I understand. I didn't even, I didn't disclose them because I didn't see them. Just send it back and I'll refund you. I've got a bunch of other buyers. And I'm like, oh God, thank God. He's, yeah, cool. And I said, I appreciate that because it's true. Like he probably honestly didn't see, <laughs> I guess if you're listing, I mean, you have a little buyer responsibility. You list a game at that price firm and you know what you're talking about in this there's a little bit of assumption that you're being honest with quote great condition and we all know if you've been doing it a long time play field chipping or wear does not ever fall into great condition unless you specifically state it it's just something you do like my car is in great condition except for the giant dent in the side because it got t-boned if you say that okay it's kind of like that. Or in guitars, it's an awesome condition Gibson Les Paul, but it has a headstock break. Oh, okay. It's that level. So I say back to him after he mentions, oh, I totally understand. I say, cool. I appreciate that. Are you going to assist with shipping costs? Otherwise, I'm out about 1500 bucks. This is where it turns. He says, sorry, but I'm not. This is a simple case of buyer's remorse. I have photos that I sent and videos that I sent, and I even tried to get you to FaceTime to look over the machine with everyone has done every time I ship a machine so they can see every piece and every part before I ship it. You opted out of that for whatever reason. I'm happy to be cool and let you ship it back and I'll refund the money you paid to me. Holy shit! Are you fucking kidding me, dude? <laughs> I was, of course, upset and I probably texted a few friends, which I did, you know, pinball friends and this and that and went over and like, can you fucking believe this? Uh, and my wife and because she's like, what the hell? Um, so I had to basically now play a game of, OK, do I list a game for players condition with insert wear and chipping? Because I would have to disclose it now that I know because I'm an honest person. Of course, I have my faults. So don't like I'm not holier than thou. Like <laughs> I'm plenty of dumb shit. But now, like, fuck, I, what would I be able to get it for? That's a, that's a flip of a coin, a roll of the dice. I don't know. Um, I'm like, shit, well, I'd have to go through it, weighing the pros and cons of listing it, doing that, taking a hit. I, you know, I mean, you guys tell yourself, what would you pay for something with insert wear? And uh, clear insert wear, down to the wood. Uh, like, uh, yeah. Um, well, 
I could ship it back and hope that he gives me my money back. Because all I have is a text. And he doesn't seem to be too kind. He says he's doing me a favor because I opted out of doing his Facebook thing. Oh, so if I would have opted out, you would have, what, zoomed in on these insert shippings. Like, oh, just so you know, yeah, top dollar in this insert way, right? Nah, I don't think so. Or if I'm FaceTiming, do you think I would see this where? Or like normally you assume that the person is being honest. Nowhere, none of this. Yeah, it's all good. Well, apparently you didn't notice because you didn't check it over that well. Maybe you should have said, yo, I'm selling this thing. Best guess. Great condition. I'm not looking at it. I'm not cleaning it. 10 grand. Okay. Pass, bro. Hard pass. But great condition and sending pics and videos. You get to, you know, my bad for trusting that everything else you said was true. And to say that it's my fault, buyer's remorse. You fucking bet it's buyer's remorse that I bought from someone who was dishonest. Fuck me. I fucked up. I totally did. I'm damn straight remorseful that I believed what you said. But to say that uh, I somehow should have known that great condition, everything's great, meant, but but it's totally fucked. Um, You know, like, dude, I, I can't even wrap my head around that. And then to blame the buyer for opting out of even more assurance, which I guess I... This is the mentality that I guess I just have to assume people are lying all the time, which is probably not far off from the truth. I have to go into, you know, assuming someone's trying to jam me in the ass and double check, triple check, quad check, call them a liar, call them out, say in uh, zoom in on every insert, zoom in on everything, level it. I want to see you leveling it. I want to see the bubble level. I want to like, fuck, dude, like you're... He's avoiding the truth, right? It's a simple case of deflection. He's like, oh, fuck, <laughs> right? Oops. Yep. Oops, guy. Here we go. I'm just going to fucking use guy. This guy deserves a guy. Guy, oops is right. I would have expected, holy shit, I listed it top dollar firm. Oh, my God. I, I really shouldn't have done that. At least to say, like, I'd be cool with, yeah, like, I'll pay for one of the ways of shipping. And if you would have said that, like, what he should have done is really pay for both ways because you sold me something completely that wasn't as described. That's what you do. But there's no pin side protection. I looked for it. I tried to figure it all. There's like, no, no protection. So like, fuck. All right. The best course of action is for me to ship this back and just eat the shipping instead of dealing with trying to sell a player's condition with chipped inserts. Um, so I, we talk on the phone. And we go through this because I'm making sure this guy pays me, essentially, because he wasn't going to pay me until it got back. And only if it gets back in the condition I sent you. Like, dude, I paid you immediately. Did not give you all these stipulations. But no, when I send it back, oh, you got all these stipulations to get this fucking piece of shit game back, don't you? Surprise, surprise. God. Um, so... After that, at one point, sends a message like, actually, I'll email, I'll email you a check for 500 for the trouble. Like, oh, you're starting to realize whose fault it is. Are you there? Okay. Um, either solution is fine with him. Yeah, right. Either one is not fine with me, dude. You sold me something that was not described. Completely not empathetic to the point of, I'm the one dealing with this shit. Buyers are more, whatever you want to call it, dude. You fucked up. And you could have just said, I'm sorry. Because you made it clear to me on the phone that the money is not a big deal and all this. I don't even get, you know, I've gotten, you said all these things. I've gotten screwed in the past and that. Oh, so money's not a big deal. Then why don't you just pay the shipping and then pay me? 
Huh. Double standards, huh? That's interesting, but of course. So I ship it back. I start accidentally making mentions on the podcast and I didn't say anything because I wanted to make sure I got my $10,000 back. So yes, that's what happened. I bought a game. I got it shipped. Not as described. Clearly the buyer's, or sorry, clearly the seller's fault. I got screwed. He took no responsibility. In fact, put it on me. So that's why I was worried about even saying anything like I might have to sue this guy because he might not give me his money back. Yet now it's it was just then listed as great condition, no trades. Where's the um, the zooms on the insert where you were going to be honest with people and tell people well, I don't see it, but because that would be pretty hard to sell a game for $10,000, wouldn't it? Huh? Well, dude, out of anyone ever. Figure it the fuck out and stop screwing people on Pinside. Figure it out. 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 Yeah, figure it out, man. And if you're listening for some reason and you want to text me like, oh, man, I thought we were cool. We were never fucking cool, dude. I was playing cool, so I got my money back. Ass? God. Ah, Jesus. Just a shitty situation. And what's even shittier sometimes there's no protection on Pinside, and maybe there should be, because you know what there seems to be lately? An influx of Pinside moderator policing of talking about posting ads instead of posting them. What do I mean by that? When you're on Pinside and you list a game, you know, you create a new ad, you give it a description, you say it's used or new or home use only or all this and put a price and all that. And then so then when you sell it, you pay the Pinside fee to, you know, for them hosting it. Great. A lot of times, a lot of times, people will just post in a forum like the Wisconsin or the Chicago forums. Hey, I'm going to list something soon. Hit me up if you want anything. Because usually there's like this, these groups of people who are looking for games like, oh yeah, I'll hit you up and we'll just do it that way and we'll, we'll pay and we'll do it quick. We don't have to do all this. Cool. Um, but then Pinside doesn't get their money. Uh, and, and I get it. They have a website to maintain. Totally get it. And it's a fantastic website at that. Period. It's a fantastic pinball website. Period. However... The legit ad you want make people to make, there's no protection. Like, for example, hmm, the one I was just talking about, where I got fucked. Because someone used your system and made a, quote, official ad as using your system, quote, great condition. Ah, wasn't true. So they paid you, what, the $28 and got money from me based on a lie. Well, you got your money. I got screwed because there's no protection. Why would I be incentivized to keep doing that method? I try to at least successfully, I should say, honestly state that I sell 50% of my games, so I pay the fee through Pinside. But we all don't. Come on. We don't. What are we doing? We don't do that. A lot of us never do it. A lot of you never, ever do it. I do it quite a bit. And I've been called out just in the last two weeks, privately and in a forum, like, hey, you better list an ad. What good did that ad do me last time? It cost me 1500 bucks, and I got screwed again. Like, I'm just, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm angry right now about that, and I should be because the system I used did nothing for me, and there's no protection. I don't, I'm not just, ooh, can't wait to do that again. So, Pinside, here's a very light figure it out. Figure it out. I would be happy to pay a percentage fee if there was any sort of minimal protection like the one that just happened. Let's say there was a protection on the purchase I just made. They used your drop-down list, the built-in system drop-down list that you have to select, saying great condition. Now let's assume that part of that meant that the person knows that 
Playfield wear does not qualify for a great condition. Okay, so he was wrong, right? I paid for it. Pinside steps in and says, no, 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 not as described. They sent dated proof with pictures, you know, all the proof that I could send in, serial numbers of the back of the machine, whatever you need to prove like, no, 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 he's right. Cover the shipping from him, charges credit card, whatever it is, and and I'm scot-free, right? The next time I sell a 10,000 game, if I sell a $10,000 game next time and it's all good to go, I won't pay the $28 fee. I'll happily pay, what, 1%? I'll pay 100 bucks. I'll pay 150 bucks. And I bet the buyer would love it. I, I'm not, I know there's plenty of reasons you probably don't do it and all that. I'm just saying, you know, I, there's no protection. So why, are we, why would we even use it? Other than the exposure. The exposure is nice, but it's catch 22. I'm sick of being upset <laughs> this episode. I love pinball. I like games. I like a lot of the community. I like making this podcast. I like playing new Sterns. I like playing old Bally Williams games, some of them. I don't really like System 11s. So what recently have I been doing, aside from, I guess, just gushing about Foo Fighters in the pinball world, literally? I just listed my Dracula and Star Trek. Oh my God, so soon already. Yeah, I... <laughs> Shit changes, man. Uh, we might be selling our house. We might be building a house. Um, I moved games up into, as Blake calls it, Jason's shithole, <laughs> which is true. My shithole is the breezeway right inside my house. Easy access to get pinball machines in and out instead of having to go up and down the basement. Um, and right now it's stuffed. And I have three games in there and I can only fit three. And I have another one sitting in the guest bedroom, which doubles as Dana's walk-in closet because our master wing sucks shit. So I need to make room. Two games I just bought within the last two weeks. Get out. You know, I'll maybe get them in the future if I feel an emotional, you know, pull to them. Speaking of emotional pull, I have this in my notes that I've wanted to talk about for a few weeks. Pinball themes. Um, you know, this is the debate. Do they sell games more than gameplay or not? Themes are, are huge and all that. But themes for me personally, what, what do they do to me? It's part of the reason... I buy and sell, let's say, specifically Lord of the Rings, what, six times, seven times? If anyone has that beat, I'd love to know. Email in at pinballpartypodcast at gmail.com. Let me know if you've gained, owned a game more than six times like me, because that'd be awesome. Let's talk about it. But the theme is what does it to me. It, you know, as much as earlier I talk about all these people got to set a certain amount of time for me to own a game or sell it before they give me shit, because, you know... What's happening on these games is I get an emotional pull towards the theme and I somehow like I can't let it go for some reason in a way. It's the best way I can describe it. Like I'm a huge fan of Tolkien and, and Lord of the Rings and, and Hobbit. I'm Tolkien, Tolkien, however you want to say it. Um, just that world and, and that mythology and all that. Like a lot of you are. And sometimes there's this little voice in me that's like, you know, you're into pinball, and that's one of your favorite. If you were to hang your hat on a theme, that's like a theme you identify with. So yeah, there's this part of me that's like I should, I, I'm supposed to own it, you know, like I'm like I'm supposed to. It's this little thing that just says like this is you. This you're supposed to like if there's any game you're gonna own, and I can't sometimes I can't shut that voice up. I don't know what it is, and hence I. <laughs> it's why I'm doing so many times. I struggle with it to be honest. Same with Star Trek. It's another one. 
Luckily, Star Wars, which a lot of us are, like the game is, I love it or hate it. Like, it's not great. It's it's not fucking great. It's, ugh, I don't know. That one's a little easier. So I haven't, I've only owned it twice. Star Trek, another, another story because that game's fucking great. But yeah, I get these emotional ties to the theme. And when I get them, it's like a day later. I'm like, okay, it's a little, I guess, anxiety uh, or it's a drive, you know, um, drive, which I have a strong drive. And I've always been told that I was told when I was really young, a drive is something internal that tells you there's a problem that needs to be solved. It's like an unconscious thing, sometimes conscious. And, and that's kind of what's happening in some of these pinball machines. It's like, oh, this thing that you identify with, you should own it. There's this like consumerism side of me, this capitalism side, this ownership versus like the actual part of me that's, I should say, in touch with reality, spirituality, existentialism. I'm not really spiritual, but you know, the, the part that says you don't need anything to be happy. You need food and water and love, shelter, right? Period. That's it. So I get the game, I get it in, I'm like, oh, I've satisfied that little drive. Oh, it feels so good. Then the next day I'm like, what What the fuck am I doing? <laughs> Why do I have it? Why the fuck do I have this thing? It's just a thing. But it, it goes over and over and over, over and over and over. It repeats. And so that's what themes do to me. Um, and Lord of the Rings, my plan now, almost like a, I guess like a drug addict, right? Next time I have the pull to Lord of the Rings, I'm finally just going to get um, a Lord of the Rings tattoo that I've thought of getting and not necessarily based on like fellowship or two towers or return of the King, probably just some sort of thing from the map somewhere, something subtle, um, you know, just to, I've, I've been meaning to do it. And, you know, if there's this little voice inside of me that says, Hey, you're not a true fan unless you have this, uh, I don't need to prove it or he or she, that voice inside of me wrong. You know, uh, I am an artistic person, so maybe I'll just get that done sometime and like, well, I'll prove to myself I am a fan. I don't know. That's just what goes through my head. That's me. Um, but that's maybe gives you a little look under the hood of why do I go through games so fast sometimes? I sometimes feel the same way as you do, bro, guy. I feel like I need to identify with these things. I need to identify with a theme that says this is me, right? You know, to the world. Like you are in high school when you're wearing a band t-shirt. We're all, yeah, like I, <laughs> we all want social attention subconsciously or not or what we're actually doing, you know, in, in high school. I'm, I want to wear band shirts that say, this is me. I'm going to wear a tool shirt. You know, I'm going to wear a Green Day shirt because I'm a fucking punk rocker because I don't give a fuck, right? When all, you know, if you're honest with yourself, looking back, what I really just want is to I, someone to identify with and, you know, commiserate or love with or, you know, just socially feel connected. And um, I guess pinball, it's just a lot heavier and stupid, stupid way of doing it. It's a couple hundred pound machine that costs thousands of dollars in games. And then you get people to give you shit. And then you go on Pinside and you get fucked from games. And then you do podcasts. And then people have your opinion and give you your opinion. And then people want to join. People don't want to join. People want to get interviewed. People don't want to get interviewed. People think you're too negative. People think you're too positive. People think you're funny. People think you aren't funny enough. People think you shouldn't have certain guests on. Holy shit. People think you're a show for Zach. People think you're a show for Stern. They're a show for JJP. Jesus, this hobby, everyone, chill out. <laughs> but I guess that's what comes from the heavy, pun intended, price of pinball. If we have enough money to be doing this, have some sort of ego that think, well, I have enough money to do this because I'm successful in my job, which means I'm probably right. 
So we got to check our ego, right? We're not always right. Be honest with yourself. I try to be, the older I get, more and more brutally honest with myself. And it's uncomfortable, but picking those psychological scabs, if you will, those spiritual scabs, pays fucking dividends in my experience. So I want to take a moment to just thank and acknowledge a couple people in the pinball world that I think are truly, truly fantastic. Think of this however you want. I don't care. Zach Many, Dennis Creasel, Joel Engelberth, Raymond Davidson, Mike Vinicor, Doc Monday, Kale Hernandez, Ken Cromwell. Thank you all for being great partners, friends, um, acquaintances. Thank you to Zach in South Dakota. Thank you to Blake. Thank you to John locally. Um, it's fun <laughs> doing all this weird shit with you guys and, and hopefully it keeps going. Whether I keep doing a podcast forever or I don't keep games forever, I'll probably go through a period of not keeping games. Um, just know that you are appreciated and you are good people. I don't know. <laughs> I guess whatever. Take that for what it's worth. For the supporters on Patreon, my God, <laughs> thank you so much. And when we do inevitably kick you off, uh, don't take offense to that. I just don't want to be beholden to someone. I have to do it now because someone's paying me. Eh, eventually, you're going to get kicked out of here. Get the fuck out of here. No offense. You guys have, honestly, all, all you in the Discord, it's been great. Thank you to the Pinsiders who take time to send me messages, positive or negative. Even if they're negative, you're taking the time to even give a shit, which which is means a lot. So all the people that email, um, Nick at Pinsomniacs, you know, you're just emailing in right now. Now you know when I'm recording this. If any of you want someplace great to play pinball in Florida, please check out Pinsomniacs. Pinsomniacspinball.com. They, it's an awesome website. They have actually really awesome art. I really like the art <laughs> with the eyeball. Um, you can go there. You can see the game locations. They have upcoming events. Pinsom- Nick at Pinsomniacs is really making a push to make some great stuff down there in Florida. If I lived in Florida and I was thinking of pinball, the first thing I would do is go to Pinsomniacspinball.com. We might hear more from them in the future, but thanks to Nick for reaching out, all the positive stuff. Uh, yeah, we'll tango. We'll Rango and Tango soon, man. I'll get back to you. Anyways, just want to take a moment. As much as I, I love Foo Fighters, I wanted to bitch about Tron a little bit. Um, there's so much good stuff here, and it's usually the people. So all the negative stuff we hear coming out of, what's his name? Canada? Is that it? You know, the very first episode I did, someone emailed me personally, Canada, and said, you shouldn't swear so much. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, okay, I won't swear so much. Um, but hey, man, you know, I guess keep up the good work. Your podcast, you get a lot of people. And um, I can't say I haven't watched, I haven't listened. You have a, you have a thing going on. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, try not to bulldoze too many people in the way. But hey, man, you're entertaining. And uh, thank you for, I guess, I think someone said you shouted out, said something about, I think, the flipping Out song a couple episodes ago. Hopefully you didn't talk too much shit about it. But if you did, whatever. Who cares, man? Um, if you want to talk sometime, come on the show. Let's get weird, you know? Anyways, this has been Jason at the Pinball Party on the Pinball Network. Next week, we are going to have Rachel and Kale. We are going to go deep diving 
into more location stuff and maybe a figure it out segment based on location players who are the good ones who are the bad ones and then very soon doc monday as well of what we're thankful for got a lot of good shit coming up go play some pinball go play some foo fighters and you know i'll just leave this episode with a full-length neon dale song called mist see you later Yeah.